Has anybody seen the movie Noah? Nobody in here has seen it yet. He did, yes. Now, here's the deal. With the movie coming out, I... uh, I thought it would be cool to kind of talk a little bit about Noah for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be in uh, Genesis 6 and 7, which is basically where the story of Noah is. And uh, I will tell you this. I went and saw the movie um, on Monday. It was actually really cool because I, I went to the 130 show and I was literally the only person in. And I was one of the big ones, like with the theater seating. And I was the only one in there. I was like all stretched out, you know. But uh, if you go see the movie, here's what I would tell you. Number one, I would suggest that you read through the biblical account real good before you go, and you will find that there are many differences. The movie is not very accurate to the biblical account, okay? So don't expect it to be, and, you know, and that way if people, if, you, if anybody has questions about it, you can say, yeah, that's not really the Bible. Like they took kind of the idea of a dude and an ark and animals, and that's really all that matches up. Pretty much nothing else matches. Uh, and the flood, I mean, there's a flood and an ark and animals, but that's pretty much it. Um, they got, say what? They don't really say, I think they imply it's a lot longer than that because the one girl gets pregnant on the ark and has the kids on the ark. So that's longer than 40 days and 40 nights. So yeah, they're on the ark for like a year, I guess. I don't know. But say what? Yeah, right. And that's not biblical. That's one of the many biblical inaccuracies, um, they're, they get the order of the son's names wrong, like Japheth is the oldest one in the Bible, and he's the youngest one in the, in the movie, and they all have wives in real life, and only the one has a wife. It's very inaccurate. Now, I will say this. As a movie, not bad. As just like a purely entertainment movie, I, pretty, I enjoyed it. So if you go see Noah, just kind of keep that in mind um, as, if you do that. You know, just know that it's not necessarily an accurate biblical account, but it is an entertaining movie. So that is my, my review of the movie, just so you know. Like I said, if you want to read through it beforehand or something, that would probably be good. But we're going to talk about the actual story of Noah. We're going to look at that in the Bible. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about Noah. And uh, we're going to start tonight in Genesis chapter 6. Of course, if you have your phones, you have your version app, you can always pull up the video there. We're going to only read four verses to start with tonight. Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Let's go ahead and hit that audio clip. There's a fellow by the name of Noah built an ark. Everybody knows he built an ark. You say, what did Noah do? He said, well, he built an ark. But very few <clears throat> people know about the conversation that went on between the Lord and Noah. You see, Noah was in his rec room sawing away. He was making a few things for the home there. He's a good carpenter. Vuba, 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 vuba. Noah. Somebody call? Vuba, Vuba, Vuba. Noah. Who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. <laughs> right. Where are you? 
What do you want? I've been good. I want you to build an ark. Right. What's an ark? Get some wood, build it 300 cubits by 80 cubits by 40 cubits. Right. What's a cubit? Let's see, a cubit. I used to know what a cubit was. Uh, well, don't worry about that, Noah. When you get that done, go out into the world, collect all of the animals in the world by twos, male and female, and put them into the ark. Right. Who is this really? What's going on? How come you want me to do all these weird things? I'm going to destroy the world. Right. Am I on candid camera? How you gonna do it? Wanna make it rain for a thousand days and drown them right out? Right. Listen, do this, you'll save water. Let it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and wait for the sewers to back up. Right. And I love Bill Cosby. He's a genius. If y'all don't know that, you, you need to know it. But, and I heard somebody say, what sewers? Here it would take like 10 minutes for that to happen. Like, we don't have sewers, so it would take even less time. I love when it rains for five minutes and every street on, in Odessa is a, is a lake. It's wonderful. So, uh, now that's funny that, you know, but here's the thing that, 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 that I wanted to, to talk about tonight and I kind of got to thinking about with this. We think about the story of Noah, and you probably all heard it from when you were a little kid. You saw the little flannelgrams, a little picture, and it's a little bow, and two, you know, two hippos, and two elephants, and two giraffes, and two tigers, and all that kind of stuff, two monkeys. And, uh, but this first part is weird, okay? Because the, the, the thing that I'm going to focus on is, is chapter 6, verse 13. It says, God said to Noah, right? It said, God said to Noah, I'm going to do all this stuff. And so that's what that little comedy bit was about. It's about that, con that initial conversation, which we don't know the, the exact words, and I'm sure it didn't go just like Bill Cosby imagined it. But, you know, I, I still that's probably weird because anybody ever heard the voice of God audibly? I never have. Like, I've been a Christian for a long time. I've never heard the voice of God audibly. Um, I've heard Morgan's, Morgan Freeman's voice, which is almost the same. That is almost the same, but that's not quite the same. So here's the thing. So I got to wondering, okay, I've never heard the, God, the voice of God audibly, and there are several occasions in the Bible where it just says God spoke to this person. And so whether or not it was audibly or not, we always kind of assume it is. But, 
But, you know, if we've never heard him audibly speak to us, how are we supposed to hear from God? So that's the question we're going to try and kind of try and answer tonight a little bit is how do we hear from God, okay? So that was in verse 13. Verse 13 it said, God said to Noah, okay? But we got to go back a little bit. Let's look back before that in verse 9 because in verse 9, what does it say Noah did? In verse 9? Okay, well, that's the title of the section. What does it say he Okay, Wes put it up there, and it's even bolded. Yeah, he walked faithfully with God, which I did hear Audrey say a second ago anyways. Um, did you see it because he put it up there? Oh, okay. Yes, it says he walked faithfully with God. So that happened before he heard from God. Anybody, have you, what happens if, if you go on a walk with somebody? What happens while, you, while you're walking? You trip each other. Only the sixth grade boy would say that. The rest of you said the normal answer, which is you talk to one another which is what I was looking for. Okay, so yes, when you walk with somebody, oftentimes you talk, you know, and that's that old cliche about the personal ads. I like long walks on the beach. The reason people like long walks on the beach is because you have a chance to get to know the other person. You get to talk to that other person, okay, which means that, that Noah had been walking and talking with God before God told him to do this crazy thing. God didn't, you know, in the, again, in the comedy thing, you know, because he says, who is this? Am I on candid camera? But that's not how it happened because we know that Noah recognized the voice of God because he and God already had a relationship, okay? It's kind of like this. How many of you guys have any pets? Anybody ever had a dog, cat, or something like that? Okay. Now, bird, right, you know. Now, our dog, you know, we had a dog growing up. He was little and hyper. And, uh, and if my mom called him, he would come. You know, he knew my mom's voice, and, and he would come to her. Um, but if we had friends over and they were like, come here, Conine, he would just kind of look at them, right? Because he doesn't know their voice. Now, my buddy Brad was over enough that Conine started to recognize his voice. Um, but the, the dog even knew our voices, right? And some of you know what I'm talking about. Like the pet knows your voice, but it's not going to respond to the call of somebody else. Okay, the Bible talks about this in John chapter 10. Uh, John, Jesus is talking. He's talking about sheep. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow them because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And again, that's about relationship. Even with us and our pets, we have relationship with them. And just like we did the illustration earlier where, you know, uh, uh, Amanda had to differentiate between Harley's voice and Ashton's voice. Not that hard, but, you know. That, you know, and vice versa. Angela had to differentiate between Ashton's voice and Harley's voice. Or, yeah. And so it's the same way. When I talk to you guys, those of you that I've known for a while, I recognize your voice. You know, if you were to call me on the phone but you weren't to use your phone or you would use your house phone or a number I didn't have in, in my contacts, and I would say, okay, I don't know this number. I pick up the phone. I say, hello, and then I hear you talk. I'm going to recognize your voice. Oh, it's so-and-so, okay? It's the same exact concept here. Anytime we are in any kind of regular relationship with somebody, and, I, and when I say relationship, I don't just mean, you know, romantic. It could be friend, could be parent, could be sibling, could be, could be pastor, could be, you know, any, anybody. It could be enemy because, you know, even if you spend a lot of time fighting your enemy, you still recognize their voice, right? So we know those people. All right, those of you who are guys, and, and, and maybe you all can answer this question. 
Anybody ever have this? And well, it probably happens to girls too, but it's more embarrassing for guys. Where when you're when you're younger, like you're a kid or you're a preteen, and the house phone rings, and you pick it up, and they think you're your mom. I used to have that happen all the time. You know, the telemarketers would call. They thought you were your dad. Well, that's weird. Uh, just play along with it. Yeah, you know, when I was a little kid, before my voice changed, and now with with the diminishing importance of the house phone is probably not as big a deal nowadays, but, you know, when I was little, we didn't, nobody had cell phones, and so they, uh, I know I'm old, so they would call, the, the telemarketers would call the house, and I'd pick up, like, hello, and they're like, yes, Mrs. Ambrose, hang on, let me get her, you know, I gotta, I gotta go call her, right, because, because they didn't recognize my voice, now, if a friend, if one of my mom's friends called, or somebody from church called, and I picked up, I said, hello, they say, hey, Tony, is your mom there, right, because they know my voice, that's the same concept. That's the same thing we're talking about here. So the reason Noah was able to hear the voice of God is because he already had a relationship with God. He already walked and talked with God. And so he recognized the way God would talk to us. Now, in any relationship, in any friend relationship or whatever kind of relationship, communication has to be two ways, right? right? I talk to you, you talk to me. That's, that's how this works. It's not just one person talking at another one. That's not a super healthy relationship Although I tend to talk a lot, I'm fully aware of that. But, yes, it is true. But, uh, right, it's a two-way communication. And so I think too many times in our relationship with God, it tends to be one way. Right? God bless the food, bless the whatever, amen. You know, you maybe you play, pray before you go to bed. Or, or even if you have a, you know, you're praying regularly, and I hope that you guys are. I hope you have regular quiet time. You know, sometimes we just give a laundry list. God, help this person and help this person and help my grades and help this and help this and help this. All right, see you later. You know, we, we, give, God a, uh, we give God the grocery list of things we need him to do, and then, we, and then we're done, right? We don't listen to what he's trying to say, okay? But, that, but God does talk to us, okay? We have to take time intentionally to listen. It can't be a one-way communication. In the book of 1 Samuel, Samuel's a little boy. He, he's, uh, his mom has given him into the Lord's service. And so he's laying in bed one night at the, at the temple or wherever the priests live. And so he's in training to be like a priest or a prophet. And so he's a little kid. And so he's laying in bed and he hears God talk to him. And he thinks it's Eli, the, 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 the priest. And so he goes to Eli and he's like, Eli, you called me. And Eli's like, nope, I didn't. And so he sends him back to bed. And he does that three times. And the third time God calls to Samuel, the Lord came and stood there calling us at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. So, all right, God, I'm paying attention. I'm going to shut up and let you talk for a while. Okay, that's what Samuel had to say, and it goes forth, and Samuel becomes a prophet. He anoints David, he, you know, and he, or he anoints Saul, and then he anoints David. And, and so Samuel's got two books of the Bible named after him, so he was a big deal because he took time to listen to God. So, so we know this. We know we have to be in relationship with God. We know we have to listen to God. So now comes the, the important question, which is when we're listening to God, how do we hear him? How does God talk to us? What methods does God use to talk to us? Okay. Anybody know the first method? What's the main method God used to talk to us? Cell phone, did you say? I have never gotten a text from God. Email like in Bruce Almighty or something where he checks the prayer emails, you know. No. The Bible is correct, Angela. Very good. Right? The Bible. God inspired, the Holy Spirit inspired the Bible to be written down so that we would have all this stuff from God, all the stuff that we can learn. In 2 Timothy, it says, all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. 
And then in Joshua, which is Old Testament, it says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Now, it's worth noting here, and I didn't plan it this way, but when I, when I, was, when I was reading these verses, I, I noticed that both Timothy and Joshua, at the age when this, when this scripture is written down, are very young. Okay, Timothy is a young pastor. Uh, we know the, the most famous, probably the most famous verse, verse about young people. Do not let them look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers. Okay, he, Timothy was a young pastor, probably in his 20s, maybe even late teens. Uh, and Joshua, this is in Joshua chapter 1, so he's still very new at being the leader of Israel. Moses has just died like 10 verses before this at the end of uh, Deuteronomy. Okay, so... Both Joshua and Timothy are very young when this is written to them, and so it's very important. He's both, in both cases, okay, you're young, you're a leader, your primary thing, your primary way of hearing from God is going to be through this book, okay? In Joshua's case, it was the Pentateuch, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and uh, in Timothy's case, by that point, he had most of the Old Testament, if not all of it, and a few letters. Uh, this is 2 Timothy, so he already had 1 Timothy written to him. So we have... The Bible, which is the main thing, okay? That's why uh, JBQ is so, such a good deal. And, you know, some, several of you guys went through JBQ. Um, I spent some time in JBQ and in TBQ. And, uh, and so that's why I like that because, you know, it's time, even as a kid, that's time in the Word. When you, those of you who were honor stars, you had to memorize certain verses. And I was a Royal Ranger, and so there are certain verses that I memorized as a five- and six-, seven-year-old that I can still quote because it's very important for that, you know, I mean, I just now I quoted whatever that other verse was in Timothy, and I don't, I didn't have it written down. It's not on my notes, but I know. Set an example for the believers in love and in spirit and truth and speech, and I, I messed that part up. But it's pretty close. Don't let them look down on you because you're young. That part's right. And uh, so having those things in our mind, that's the way God reminds us of stuff, you know. When my dad, here's one that my dad used to quote to me all the time, and I still think of it regularly, like weekly, if not more often, this verse comes into my head. First Thessalonians 5.22. In the KJV, it says, abstain from all appearance of evil. And so the reason my dad would always tell me that, or quote me that, is he's like, you may not have been doing this wrong. You may not have been doing something wrong, but other people could see that and perceive it another way. You know, and so you have to not, not only not do evil, but make sure it doesn't even look like you're doing evil. And that's a verse that I you know, like I said, I've known since I was a kid because my dad used to quote it to me all the time. And so I know that one. And so the, God speaks and God will bring it to my mind. You know, I'll be doing something or I'll put myself, not that, again, I'm not doing anything wrong, but I see he'll go, hey, this could look weird if you're not, you know, if you're not quite right, okay? Or, you know, be careful about what this looks like. It could look like you're manipulating this situation even if you're not trying to do that. It could look like you're putting yourself in a place that you shouldn't be even if you're not doing that. And that's the scripture that God brings to my mind because I, I know it. And so the word of God, the scripture, the Bible is God's primary way of teaching us. Here's the other way, and, and some of you guys uh, know this, and that is through what, what I like to call the still small voice. Okay, and that's the KG, KJV refers to that. In uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. So he's standing out on the mountain waiting for God. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. 
When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, again, in the KJV, it doesn't say a gentle whisper. It says a still, small voice. And so that's kind of the terminology that I'm used to hearing. But the Holy Spirit will prompt us sometimes very quietly. Okay, and it's not, you know, we don't often get a flashing neon sign. Don't do that. We don't get that. Okay, I've never seen a burning bush. You know, bush is on fire, but it's talking. I'm going to listen to that if that happens. I haven't seen those things. I have gone into a place and felt the nudging of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, be careful. You know, watch where you're going. The world does not call it the Holy Spirit. Anybody know what the world calls this? Your conscience, right? Jiminy Cricket style. Always let your conscience be your guide and all that stuff. But that's not, the conscience is just, like I said, it's just the world's way of, of talking about the Holy Spirit, even though they don't know it. Okay? That is when the Holy Spirit prompts us. It'll, you know, like I said, it's not necessarily a flashing sign. That would be cool. But when we're about to get ourselves in a bad situation or when God, sometimes when God wants us to do something, we don't get an obvious, humongous sign. Okay? You know, in, in the movies and stuff, it's always like that. You know, like in, in Bruce Almighty, which I mentioned earlier, you know, what happens Right towards the, uh, the beginning or the end, where and I think it's the end of the movie, where Bruce goes out and he, and he falls down in the middle of the street and he's crying out to God. And what happens? Anybody remember? He gets hit by a Mack truck, right? He gets, like, run over by a truck, okay? That's a big sign, and you know, but we don't always get those big, humongous signs, okay? We don't get those. I mean, yes, if you run out in the middle of the street and kneel down, chances are high of you getting hit. I'm not saying to do that. Um, that would be a sign that you're a moron is what it would be a sign. But, uh, but that's right. Here is your sign. But uh, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, in our day-to-day life, in our day-to-day situations, we don't usually get those. Okay, we don't normally get that. We get a subtle, small hint of something. A, a check in our spirit is, a, is the, one of the Christianese words for it, you know. Uh, like, I was going to do this thing, but just something didn't feel right about it, okay? Kind of that kind of deal. And, and that's the nudging of the Holy Spirit. If we're in relationship with God and we're filled with the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will nudge us like that. It'll say, hey, stupid, try not to be, you know. And, uh, and so that's the other way. We got the, we got the Word of God, the Scripture, and we have the nudging of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to... As, as we leave, and tonight kind of the challenge is this, okay? Here's kind of the challenge is, number one, to walk with God daily. It says Noah walked faithfully with God. That means not just every once in a while, not just when he was in trouble, not just on Sundays when he went to church, not just on Wednesdays when he went to youth group, but faithfully, regularly, daily. So be in daily communication with God. Be in the Word, you know, be, be praying and be listening for what God is trying to tell you daily and regularly, Okay, and then number two, when you hear it, listen to him. Do what he says. You know, God has our best interest out for us. Here's, a, here's another one. Y'all know Jeremiah 29, 11. We talk about it all the time. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and give you a future, plans to give you hope and not to harm you. Or I've got, I'm not sure if I've got this exactly right, but those are all the important parts of it, okay? God has good plans for us. And that's verse 11, but verse 13 says, when you walk with me, you will fi- when you seek me, you will find me. 
And so God does have good plans for us, but we have to seek him and be in that relationship with him for those plans to come into effect. And I think too often Jeremiah 29, 11, and I've been just as guilty of it, gets quoted out of context because we don't get that. We think, oh, good, God's got it under control. Sweet, I can do whatever the heck I want. He's going to take care of it. That's not what it says. It says, if you seek me, you will find me, and then those plans will come to fruition. So here's the thing. Daily, daily be in, in communication with the Lord, be in relationship with him. If you don't know what to read in your Bible, you want a Bible reading plan, come talk to me. I'll make that happen. I'll help you out. There's a bunch of them that are really good. We can get you started. Um, and so that's the, that's the main point of tonight. And you're like, wow, we got a long way from Noah. Yeah, we kind of did. But before the whole story of Noah, before he builds an ark, before there's animals, before there's the flood, before he plants the vineyard at the end, before any of that stuff, he was walking faithfully with God. And he was in relationship with God daily. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, and I thank you for tonight. Thank you for the chance to dig into your word and to pull some things out of it. Lord, I pray for every student, God, that they would be in relationship with you daily. That it would not just be once a week or twice a week when we're in the church building, but that our relationship with you would be an active and vibrant one. That it would speak to us and we would listen because we know that you listen to us when we speak. And so, God, I pray that we would be good listeners, that we would not ignore what you have said, what you have given us, that we would not ignore the word, that we would not ignore your spirit's prompting. We know that the Bible says not to just be hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word. And so I pray that we would, that, that would be us, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would actually take the word and, and apply it to our lives and, and use it in our, in our daily lives, not because we're quoting scripture to everybody we meet, God, but just to, to put it, you would show us how to put it into application and put it into use. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to do that and that you would strengthen our relationship with you. God, I pray for every student who's, who uh, they're all getting down to the final end of the year. I pray that you would, again, God, just give them focus to do well. Give them uh, the energy that is needed to, to do everything that they need to do. Give them time. Give them time management. And God, I just pray above all that your will would be done in each and every life that's here tonight and that you would have your way. God, we thank you. We love you. I continue and we pray. Amen.